0: Lord
1: for thy grace that we thy dwelling place may be.
2: Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry, featuring the ministry of Watchman Ni nee and Witness Lee, two ministers of God's economy who served together in China for nearly 20 years. Watchman Nee was imprisoned by the Chinese government in 1952 and remained there until his death in 1972. Following his imprisonment, Witness Lee carried on this ministry in Taiwan and eventually in America and ultimately around the world. He served the Lord for more than 70 years before going to be with him in 1997. His major contribution was through a 21-year labor he called Life Study, an exhaustive commentary on the entire Bible. This program is based on those messages. Before we join today's show, we'd like to give you our website where you can find more programs just like this one. It's lsmradio.org. Again, lsmradio.org. Now, here's our show today. What does it mean to be clean in the eyes of God? Does it mean that our behavior is proper and according to His principles Or does it mean that we get down on our knees and determine before Him to be a better person or even a better Christian? Well, the Bible says that regardless of our behavior or our determination, there's no way to be clean if the source of what we are offering Him is the natural life we were born with, regardless of how good we may think it is. So what is God's view of us and all mankind in our natural life? Well, we'll take a look today during this life study program from Leviticus, and Bob Danker has joined us for today's program. And we will see today that the very source of all human life is depicted in this very riveting account in chapter 11 and chapter 12 of Leviticus. Bob, welcome back to the program.
0: It's good to be with you, Chris. I really feel that this book of Leviticus is marvelous in all the pictures that it presents to us and in how relevant these pictures are to our Christian life. We can apply all these things to ourselves.
2: We touched this matter of the dietary regulations, and uh, what was opened up there really set the tone for the second half of this book of Leviticus. These pictures are incredible and how uh, applicable they are to us.
0: They are, Chris, and just by way of review, in Leviticus chapter 11, a number of regulations are presented concerning the diet of God's holy people, and certain animals and things are declared to be clean, some are declared to be unclean. And actually, we may think that these regulations are related to you know, physical eating, what's good to eat, what's not good to eat. But actually, these regulations have a spiritual meaning, because spiritually speaking, to eat is to receive something from the outside, to receive it into you, so that it becomes a part of your constitution, and it makes you a certain kind of person, and all these Dietary regulations refer to our contact with persons, different kinds of persons, which can either defile us or nourish us in a proper way. And we saw that certain kinds of people are not good for us to eat. In other words, they're not good for us to have an intimate relationship with. Otherwise, we will receive something from them into us that will make us unclean. And at the very end, we saw only Christ is clean. Right. So only he is worthy that we should eat him. We should eat nothing but Christ. He is the reality of cleanness. Well, Bob, we want to go on today. We actually have a lot of ground to cover. We're
2: going to try to hit a couple of main points from two chapters, chapter 12 and 13 now as we go on. Now we come in chapter 12 to childbearing. Actually, what is depicted there, the woman following the bearing of a child in Leviticus and these uh, regulations was considered to be unclean for a specified period of time. That means she was to be isolated and all contact was to be avoided uh, until a certain time, and at which time then she was to bring forth an offering before she could resume normal contact among God's community at that time. This is equally, I think, insightful and going to bring a lot of insight to our listeners today as we see what the significance of this is. Let me read a couple of verses from Chapter 12, and then we'll join Witness Lee, Bob. Verse 1 says, Then Jehovah spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel, saying, If a woman conceives seed and bears a male child, then she shall be unclean seven days, as in the days of her menstruation she shall be unclean. And she shall remain in the blood of her purification thirty-three days. She shall not touch any sanctified thing, nor come into the sanctuary until the days of her purifying are fulfilled." That was verse 4. Let's go on to verse 6. And when the days of her purifying are fulfilled, for a son or for a daughter, she shall bring a year-old lamb for a burnt offering, and a young pigeon or turtle dove for a sin offering to the priest to the entrance of the tent of meeting. Very interesting, Bob. Let's join Witness Lee.
1: This chapter tells us that we are all together unclean already from our birth. And uncleanness is just the source of which we were born. It is not just because we contact something unclean, so we become unclean. Actually, we were unclean already. Unclean even in our mothers womb. So we were born of uncleanness and now we live in uncleanness. Regardless how careful, how cautious we will be, as long as we are one of the mankind, we are just the uncleanness. Not only we are unclean, we are the uncleanness. Totally speaking, a human being is what? It's uncleanness. If you have the enlightenment, the divine light, surely you will realize from the very top of your head, to your toe. You are totally just uncleanness. The source of all mankind is unclean. Since the source is unclean, whatever is born of the source must also be unclean. This book, in its second section, in which we are, tries the best to tell us what we are. Not only who we are, what we are, we are uncleanness. Yet, this book requires us to live a holy life. How could the uncleanness live a holy life? It is altogether impossible for us as the totality of uncleanness to live a holy life. Impossible. But there is the possibility in God's salvation for the fulfillment of God's economy.
2: Bob, we both said, praise the Lord, there is a possibility. Yes. You know, we really have to take this declaration of uncleanness uh, seriously. But I want to point out, in the context here, it had nothing to do with morality or immorality. This, universally, all women in this childbearing condition Are unclean, Bob. This says something universal about the condition of mankind at his very source, at his origin, doesn't it?
0: Yes, Chris. In this portion of Leviticus, the woman here uh, represents all mankind because all mankind, whether male or female, comes out of the woman in childbirth. Uh And the fact that the woman was unclean after giving birth to either a son or a daughter indicates that the source. Of mankind is unclean, if the source is unclean, then surely whatever comes out of that source is unclean in the uh chapter eleven, the dietary regulations right. uh, these regulations dealt with the things that are outside of us, but in this picture, we can see that the uncleanness that we have is not just coming from outside. It comes out of our very nature. By our very nature, we are unclean, and as Witness Lee pointed out, we are uncleanness itself. That means our entire being is unclean. And I'd like to uh, remind our listeners of something David said in Psalm 51, verse 5. He said, Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Hmm. This means that When a human child is born, there is the element of sin involved. After the fall of mankind, the entire human race became unclean. Sin entered into the human race, as we see in Romans chapter 5. And this sin contaminates the entire human race, not from the outside, but from the inside. So the reason people commit sins, Chris, is because they have the sinful nature A person doesn't become a sinner after he commits his first sin. He is a sinner from birth, and all of the sins that he commits after his birth are just the living out of that sinful nature. So this picture in Leviticus is very clear. It shows us that our source is unclean Mm -hmm. and that we, having come out of such an unclean source, are really the totality of uncleanness in our entire being. Bob, there's a lot of debate uh, theologically uh, regarding this
2: question as to the condition of a child at birth, whether it is born in innocence or in sin. Yet it seems, both from the portion you quoted in Psalm 51, David's own account, if you couple that with this uh, very, very strong declaration in Leviticus chapter 12, it seems no doubt from uh, a biblical perspective that the source of human life is contaminated already with sin.
0: I would say I agree absolutely with you, Chris.
2: Okay, we want to go on, Bob. We've seen now the dietary regulation, the outward, from Chapter 11. Now this very inward condition represented by the childbearing situation in Chapter 12. Following, Chapter 13 brings us to the topic of leprosy. And leprosy, as we're going to see, has both an inward and an outward aspect. Let's go back to Witness Lee.
1: How can you live a holy life by contacting the wrong things? How could you live a holy life as such a person born in cleanness? And how could you live a holy life? Quite often, factors came into you from without and becomes an effect from within to make you just leprous. How could a leper, a man who is leprous, live a holy life? Impossible. So, you have to solve these three things. The discernment in your diet and your natural birth. Now, you come to the third condition. That is the matter of leprosy. According to the Old Testament illustrations, leprosy always came from rebellion. All of us got this matter, leprosy, entering into us. We did rebel against God's authority, didn't you? And we did rebel against God's deputy. And too many times, we did rebel against God's regulation, God's arrangement. And as a whole, we all got rebellious against God's entire economy. So, in God's eyes, under his kind of economy, we all became leprous. This matter of leprosy has got into our being and now it issues out as a kind of leprosy. Be careful to lose your temper. That is a sign of spiritual leprosy. To lose your temper, that is sin. And to justify yourself, always you will just justify yourself. You would never confess your failure, your mistake, your wrongdoings. You would always take some kind of excuse to justify yourself. That is your spiritual leprosy.
2: Bob, this was uh, quite revealing at the end. Here, uh, there are a few uh, outward manifestations that are indicative of a leprous condition. Probably the most striking in the Bible, both Old and New Testament, have to do with the matter of rebellion. These two things are very closely linked. The result of rebellion was leprosy. And so, as it applies to us in the New Testament age, we all have a leprous condition to be concerned about, don't we?
0: That's right, Chris. In the Old Testament, we read about uh, some who rebelled against God against God's authority, against his deputy authority, and then as a result, they became leprous. Three of those who come to mind are Miriam and uh, Gehazi, the servant of Elijah, and uh, also Uzziah the king in the Old Testament. These are examples of people who became leprous because of rebellion. But Witness Lee mentioned Uh, a number of manifestations of an inward condition that could be called leprosy. Mm -hmm. One of them is losing our temper. How about this? Doesn't this apply to all of us? Don't we, sometimes we get mad and we lose our temper. Another one he mentioned, very interesting, is justifying ourselves and being unwilling to confess our sins, our mistakes, our failures, our wrongdoings, making excuses for ourselves. This is a kind of a, outward manifestation of an inward condition that we could call leprosy. And another one that he mentions in the life study is being unwilling to forgive others. Wow. This is really a serious matter. In the New Testament, if we uh, read the Lord's Word about this, we really have to be sobered. If we're not willing to forgive others, that is to forget their offenses against us, this is a sign of an inward sickness On our part, which could be called leprosy. So you can see this matter of leprosy, which in the Old Testament is a physical condition, really is a picture of the inward sickness that really applies to us all. We all have to deal with these symptoms of leprosy. This condition of leprosy touches every one of us.
2: Yeah, in these examples, Bob, if one doesn't get us, the next one surely will. I think for most of our cases, they they all get us, uh, temper and self-justification and unwillingness to confess or repent. This is a very, very striking indication of the leprosy that resides within all men, whether they're saved or unsaved, isn't it?
0: Absolutely, Chris. I'm thinking about uh, you just read the newspapers and see what a condition the human race is in. The newspaper accounts full of reports of someone losing his temper, even killing others, and someone justifying himself, unwilling to admit he's wrong, and then others unwilling to forgive others of Mm -hmm. their offenses. This is a sign of the terrible leprous condition of the human race bob all these are outward
2: expressions or indications or issues of leprosy but we indicated earlier that rebellion seems to be at the root and actually as we'll see in this final section today from witness lee really rebellion is the general source of all of these things this is very penetrating let's go to him now
1: or later you'll be tested out what is the purpose? What is the motive? How pure? Sometimes my motive is pure, but not absolutely pure. There is a degree in the purity of my intention, my motive. Don't forget, we were born uncleanness. We are just totality of uncleanness. How could the totality of uncleanness be 100% clean? It's impossible. So what? So we need God's full salvation. And in this full salvation, uh, what? Christ's death. Christ's resurrection. Christ being our living. That is indicated by him being a burnt offering. And he's what? He is taking care of our sin. Not the sin we committed before we got saved, but the sin that following our salvation. We have such a Christ with his death, resurrection, and his living for us, and his care for our sin. You add these four items together, you have God's full salvation. God's full salvation, including Christ, even today, being our sin offering, pass offering. If you'll be careful about your condition, the situation before God, every night before going to bed, you have to have a time of confession. Lord, forgive me. Still today, I had no intention to commit anything, yet still today, in many cases, In the case with my wife, in the case with my boy, in the case with my parents, in the case with brother so-and-so, in the case with sister so-and-so, my motive was not that pure. Lord, you know. Even though the others, they don't know. Right? Yet, you know. And deep in my conscience, I know also. I couldn't say I was 100% pure in the motive in the whole day. So I make a confession to you. Forgive me. Now, before I go to bed to sleep, I will take you again as my sin offering. And I will apply the very blood shed by you as my sin offering on the cross once more then you would have a purged conscience to go to sleep at peace. Bob, a
2: very, very penetrating section. It's obvious we are all contaminated within and without. And in those still and quiet moments, by the Lord's mercy, we get some light to see our real condition, such as he was uh, opening up here at the end. We all have to admit that there really is nothing in our being that is pure and free of the effect of this sin that we were born with. But, Bob, at times like this, God's desire is not just that we would wallow in guilt and condemnation. What should be the effect of uh, such a realization?
0: Well, Chris, the effect of this kind of realization should be a strong indication that we need God's salvation. And what is God's salvation, as pointed out to us by Brother Lee here? God's salvation is just Christ himself, It shows us how much we need Christ. He is the only one who is clean. He is the one who is salvation to us. And uh, we need him. We need his death on the cross to cross out our unclean nature. We need his resurrection to give us a new beginning in a new way, to have a new start. We need him as our burnt offering to live a life that we can never live. And we need him as our sin offering to take away our sin in both our nature and in our conduct. We just need Christ in every way. He is God's provision for us so that we who are the totality of uncleanness can live a holy life. Isn't it marvelous Mm. that we unclean human beings can live a holy life by experiencing and enjoying Christ With his death, his resurrection, and all that he is as the sin offering, the burnt offering, the trespass offering, the meal offering, all these offerings we've been speaking about, this is Christ to meet our need. And uh, just uh, these chapters in Leviticus, they show us how much we need Christ. Our condition is really not so positive. We need the Lord desperately. Bob, could you ever skip over such a book as this again after seeing what we've been seeing in these days? No, Chris. We all need this book very, very much. The
2: details and the depth to which these pictures open up our real condition, are they're unparalleled even in the New Testament. We have, of course, a lot of doctrine and teaching and light in the New Testament, but these Old Testament pictures, just like we saw in Exodus and just as we saw
0: in Genesis, they're really irreplaceable, aren't they, for our going on? I agree, Chris. We really need these pictures. And in addition, we need the proper interpretation yes. of these pictures. Without the proper interpretation of these pictures, we would not receive any light and we would not receive any help. Hmm. And that's what we're getting, Bob,
2: day by day in these Life Study Messages. That's a perfect lead into what I usually try to touch at this point in the broadcast, Bob, and that's to mention the printed Life Study Messages. We have to cut these down so much to uh, try to pack these into the 26 minutes that we have to uh, devote to these radio programs, Bob. We really don't do them all justice, as you and I know. That's why we're so uh, exercised at the end of the program each day to try to recommend our listeners contact us about getting the printed messages. If you're now interested in your own study of Leviticus, I would just encourage you, especially for those messages coming ahead, if you could get these printed ones, they will be invaluable help to you. Our toll-free number, you can call us and inquire about. The printed Life Study messages from Leviticus is 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 888-543-3788. Our mailing address is Living Stream Ministry, Post Office Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814. And our email address is radio at lsm.org. Bob, thank you for being here. I'm Chris Wilde, and thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to life study of the bible with witness lee brought to you by living stream ministry if you'd like to read the works of witness lee and watchman knee just visit our website ministrybooks.org from there you'll find over 600 complete titles available to read online free of charge witness lee's ministry stood squarely on the shoulders of his mentor and co-worker watchman knee as well as those of countless ministers of the New Testament throughout the ages. The riches contained in his life study of the Bible represent the top, the cream of his 70-plus years of ministry and range in topic from lessons for new believers to commentary and exposition on passages from every book of the Bible. But they all contain practical and deeper truths about the Christian life. Again, this wonderful online resource is available to you free of charge at ministrybooks.org. If you have questions or comments about this ministry or the program you heard today, email us radio at lsm.org or call us toll-free, 888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 1-888-543-3788. Thanks for listening today.